This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the stinking truth. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> <laughs> it was re- I was reminded when um, Awful Announcing reposted something from a, I think it was a September 2nd podcast that you and I did. I, mem- <clears throat> I remember it distinctly. It was, it was right at the start, and you said, you said what you said. We'll, we'll talk about it, but you said it, and I was like, whoa, wow. This 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 will be interesting, and you get the last laugh. Yeah, you I do. Get, I get to take you my victory. Do. Like I, I've told you this many many times before. I'm a really gracious loser, but when it comes to winning, I'm a dick. And uh, I felt like I won this round again. And it, it all stemmed off of when Jerry Jones. And here's the problem in general with the Dallas Cowboys. And this is what the gist of the article was, or you know what they they copied and pasted out of this Stinking Truth podcast was that. As long as Jerry Jones owns the Cowboys, they're never going to have postseason success because he appoints coaches. He doesn't empower coaches. He doesn't empower the people underneath him. And all I had to see was Trey Lance getting traded to the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy, the head coach, and Dak Prescott, your you know franchise quarterback, had no idea. Like he showed up in the locker room and they didn't know he was coming. Like how in the world can you operate your organization when you don't empower the people in charge? Because uh, I'm a player, right? I'm a, I'm a former player. We are children. You know, you work with me every day. I'm a child. He ain't lying. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not <laughs> lying. I'm an absolute child. And it's like having a substitute teacher. <sighs> what are you going to do when you have a substitute teacher? You, you were there. Yeah. Right? You're going to press and see what you can get away with. You know, you're going to switch seats and pretend you're somebody else. and You're doing all that kind of stuff. That was a grade school stuff. That's how we are in a locker room. So if you know the coach doesn't truly have authority, how much respect do you actually give that guy? But how does that explain what happened in the playoffs, though? How does that explain after winning 16 in a row at home and 12 games during the regular season and late season momentum, you take advantage of the Eagles' collapse? How does that explain just a complete no-show Against the Packers. Well, I mean, your coach came out and said we weren't prepared to play. How the? F- oh, yeah, no, I. How, the, how can you not? It's yeah. playoff. How can you not be prepared to play in a playoff game? Here's you know here is verbatim what I said: the Cowboys are going to be a dominant regular season team. They're probably going to win the East. They're going to be in the playoffs, and then they will shit in their helmets during the playoffs. And what do they do? 
They literally, not only they shit in their helmet, they shit in their pants, they shit in their helmets, they everywhere. I mean, that was that was explosive diarrhea. And it was it it was pathetic. That tip of the cap to Green Bay Packers and the way Jordan Love is playing, and he's playing great football right now. Good for him. But that is a colossal collapse. That can, is as bad as it gets. Can you keep McCarthy? Okay, well, my my initial thought would be no, you can't keep McCarthy. But then I then I think, well, what are you gonna do? You're gonna replace him with somebody else you don't empower. So what good does that do for you? If you're Jerry Jones, what good does that you're not gonna empower a guy? Jerry Jones since since Jimmy Johnson got the credit, and Jerry Jones couldn't stand him getting the credit for those unbelievable Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl teams <laughs> that won three championships in four years or whatever it was. Like, he couldn't he couldn't stand that, that he got all that credit. So since he fired Jimmy, he's never empowered a coach that he's had. It's always, like, what other owner, give me one other owner or GM that does biweekly radio shows in his in his local market. Who? Yeah. There is none. There is none. Who else holds press conferences in the locker room after games? Give me another owner that holds the, uh, holds the press conference in the locker room after the game. Every game. Jerry. He's the only one. And, it, like, I don't know how that manifests itself into, into playoff losses. I don't know exactly how that works. I just know that... You have to have an organizational structure. Owners own, coaches coach, players play. The owner's responsibility is to sign checks and get out of the way for the football people to do football stuff. And when you mess with that, and you, you when you mess, you throw the access of the football world off course. And that is that's the Dallas Cowboys in a nutshell. Is what's going on with the Washington, you know, Washington Redskins slash football team slash Commanders since Daniel Snyder took over that program. You can't win on well, you can't win with those circumstances. So for all this talk about Belichick, and I, I mean it was all over the place as the game was going on and the blowout was mm. was on. You were getting all kinds of Belichick stuff. Um, trending on social media, but I, yeah, to, back to your point, do you see Jerry Jones giving up the kind of control that a Bill Belichick would would demand and right. be able to get from somebody else? That That's why who, whenever I who, hear this talk yeah. about Belichick to Dallas, yeah. I don't buy it because... Who's Belichick's mentor? Bill Parcells. How, how, how that work at Bill Not Parcells? Well. I mean, the story, the story goes, and... and I don't know. I can't confirm. I can't confirm if this is true or not. But the story that I've heard, and you think back to the press conference, you covered those press conferences. You were in Dallas for yeah. a while when yeah. Bill Parcells was there. How did he refer to Terrell Owens? Do you remember? No, uh, no. The player. Oh yeah. Well, he yeah, never used yeah. his name. Yeah, yeah. That that's a that's a Parcells Belichick, Sean Payton thing. Yeah. Right. Well, the the to thing, the player was that my understanding, and and again. You'll have to confirm this on your own. You have to dig, do your own. Yeah. I, I'm like, this is just the story. The, the this was the the rumor that permeated the NFL at that time was that Bill Parcells didn't want To. He had no desire to have To on his team. Jerry Jones wanted him. Bill Parcells said, "Absolutely, I don't want him. I don't want him. I don't. I don't want him here." 
So they agreed that evening that they weren't going to sign him. Next day, he shows up in the locker room because Jerry couldn't help himself. Right? Jerry saw, like, eat, get your popcorn ready. And now, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's the rumor that, like I said, permeated the NFL. Mm -hmm. And then from that point forward, Bill Parcells never referred to him in a press conference as T.O. He called him the player, the player, the player. Go back and watch all the press conferences. And so, and again, I, like, I'm not trying to spread rumors, but that was always the that was always the thing that was out there. But you could see Jerry circumventing the authority. Like Bill Parcells, like is is Bill Belichick's mentor. He's not gonna go to. I, I can't imagine him going. Yeah, I'll go to. I'll go to Dallas and and Jerry, you can do your TV shows and you can do your radio shows. Right. You can circumvent right. my like. Right. No, I'm right. not gonna do that. Yeah, Bill Belichick coaching and. Jerry Jones is doing two radio shows a week or is holding a press conference right. in the lot. Yeah, Belichick would be like, get get out of here. Uh, well, Dallas um, at least can share the misery with Philadelphia. Mark, what the hell right. happened in Philadelphia? Super Bowl team, and you think, okay, maybe they'll have the Super Bowl hangover, having lost in the Super Bowl. Nope. They go 10 and 1. Right. They lose both their coordinators, no problem. They shake that all off. They bring new people in. They're 10 and 1 and cruising. They end up losing 6 of their final 7, bottoming out against the Bucks. What the hell happened? Yeah. That sealed there's a turd of the punch bowl. Like what I don't know what went down, but something obviously is not right. And you saw on the sideline, listen, on the sideline, you know, you, you get in a tete-a-tete -tete with the coach or with another player. It happens. Uh, we've all seen the the video of Peyton Manning and Jeff Saturday yelling at each other, right? And I mean, those things happen. I saw Dallas Goddard stand up from the bench and look like he was yelling at Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, some of that stuff, I like. I don't. I, I take that stuff with a grain of salt to a degree because it, in the heat of the moment, some of those things go down. But Come on, man. There's got to be there's got to be something that's deeper than coaches. And I can I can I can look at like, hey, last year Philadelphia led the league with over seventy sacks, right? And this year they haven't produced that. Well, I can look at the offense and say, okay, well, let's look at the offensive coordinator, right? Brian Johnson takes over from from um, Shane Steichen. Now, there's part of me that looks at it like, okay. Back to your first year, Nick Sirianni, head coach. Your first year, you're two and five. Your play calling isn't great. You relinquish your play calling. You give it to Shane Steichen. You guys make a playoff run. Now, I have talked to Justin Herbert. I have talked to multiple coaches. I talked to Gardner Minshew about Shane Steichen. They've all said the same thing. He has a way about him of taking very complex kind of concepts and making them very easy, if this, then that, for quarterbacks. And so I think all of a sudden you you lose some of that connectivity you have as a play caller slash quarterback. The other thing was, you look at Philadelphia a year ago, they were one of the top, if not the top team, rushing the football. They ran the football, they ran the heck out of the football with uh, Miles Sanders, and, and then obviously the quarterback run stuff, then the play action and the RPO action, off that run game, um, you know, they, they were exceptional at that. And I look at, like, look at that wild card game they had. I mean, 
Swift gets two carries, the first two carries of the game. Then he doesn't touch the ball again until like 11 minutes left in the second quarter. Like, how do you guys get away from that? And it comes down to this for me. And and Brian Johnson might be great. He may be a, a great. But there's guys who call an offense, and then there's guys who call plays. And I felt like that was part of their issue. And then the complementary nature of football, all of a sudden you're not possessing the ball. You're not running the ball down people's throats. You're not, you're not building a 10-point lead. You're always close. What happens? You eliminate opportunities for your team to do what they do best, and that's rush the passer. Because all of a sudden you're not in third down and long or second down and long all the time. Now you're in third and shorts, and they've got multiple things they can do to you out of those, out of those deals. Uh, you know, I, I watched a breakdown. Yeah. Uh, that Dan Orzlovsky did, and I, yeah. I, I love Dan's stuff. Dan's a friend. Um, but it was a third down and two where you know you're playing against Tampa. It's third and two. You know you're going to get blitz. you got press corners. You've already motioned it back out and motioned it back into the field where the linebacker went out. Levante David went in and out with the back. You know you got man-to-man press situation there, and you're getting zero, right? You're, I mean, Todd Bowles bring the heat. And every route combination you had was a deep route combination on third and two. Like on one side, you just run double slants. That is a that like double slants is a man-to-man beater. Or you motion somebody and you run, you know, you run um drag flat, right? You you run a pick play. You create right, but right on the line of scrimmage. And they're running everything vertical. Like, how does that how does that even make sense? And so there are there are a lot of issues from a coaching staff standpoint, but my thing with Nick Sariani would be, why did you not step in? Why did you not take a hey, like you made a desperation move and moving off of Sean Desai and going to Matt Patricia? Why did you not relieve Johnson of his play calling duties and you take over again? Like there's a lot of things that stink in Philadelphia right now, and a lot of blame, a lot of fingers to be pointed. I guess in this case, it isn't always sunny in Philadelphia. It's a great goal.